0: And, Father, we thank you for mothers in the spirit. <clears throat> we just thank you that there are mothers in the spirit in this room and in this fellowship and, um, and that they are, they are um, ones who are nurturing people in the spirit and birthing and um, nurturing and causing to mature in the kingdom of heaven. So we bless you all. So make sure don't go with ladies, all ladies. You don't have to be a natural mom. All ladies, we want you to have a rose so you know you are valued and cherished and beloved and and some of you guys that have have wives at home, looking at you two right now. Um, take a take please take a take a rose for your wife. Okay. Yeah, we want we have enough. So bless the Lord. Does anybody else have something they they uh, know is for the body to share? This is this is the time you ask the Lord, is this for the body or just for me? it's for everybody then you say Lord is it for now or for, for later? That's how we that's how we do it. Bill, he's got a yes and a now. Which mic do I use? Either one I think the cords back there. They'll
1: oh. cover it. As you were singing that song Break Every Chain, I was getting am okay. oh, getting a re- revelation from the Lord telling me, yeah, I've broken every chain. I've broken sin and iniquity. I break infirmity. I break sickness and disease. I break everything that is against man that was created to totally destroy his works. And that starts right back to when Adam sinned. It's amazing that he has sent his son to break that curse against us. And now, We must take that, and we must apply it in our lives. And that just the sickness and disease and the infirmities that come against us constantly, when God starts to heal our bodies and show us uh, that he can do all that and not even worry about what your next step is, that's an amazing accomplishment in itself. And I think we need to realize how much and how important we are as a creation to him, that he goes about to do this. It's not because he has to. It's not because uh, he created us and now he has to fix his mistake. It's because he just totally loves us. And his love is so great, it abounds over top of all the things against us. Even the the things that start with miss and the things that start with dis, for example, disappointment, right? Miscommunication, that can all be fixed by the power of the Lord. And we need to recognize that those things can be overtaken in a moment's time just by going to him and saying, Lord, help me with this issue. I thank the Lord that he showed me that because it's, it seems to be important for this body and everybody else in this world to understand that we need to really realize that, that far-reaching love beyond what we can really comprehend.
0: Mm-hmm. you <laughs> join me?
2: A uh, couple Tuesdays ago, I was driving down the road going to town, and I noticed that there was a man, and he was uh, right in the middle of the road, and he was jogging, and it looked like he was jogging um, in my direction, and um, as I was going a little bit farther towards him, I noticed he was wearing like a jogging outfit, and he had kind of like a big hoodie on, kind of like what Rocky Balboa would have on. And as I got closer, I noticed that he was jogging, but he was jogging backwards. And then, as I was driving closer, because he was in the middle of the road, he pulled over more to the side, and he kept going, but then he was walking backwards. And it looked kind of strange and out of sorts, but I realized uh, he must have been in some kind of training. And as I drove by, I believe the Lord had a word for today. And I believed in my spirit that the Lord was showing us a message. You see, some of us, I believe, seem to spend more time walking or jogging backwards from our past with things that we might have said or done, or things that people have said or done to us. I believe that the Lord is saying that some of us are spending what seems to be 24-7 concentrating and spending time on the past conversations rather than looking ahead and forward to what the Lord wants us to do and say and accomplish at that moment. I believe that this is causing great anxiety in some. It's kind of like when you have a a Band-Aid over a sore and you keep opening it up, hoping that it will heal. But by removing it continually, you're keeping the wound irritated and causing it to fester inside. For those of us who are working for the sake of your job or your employer, I believe that the Lord is saying that it's important to focus on the task at hand instead of last month's or last year's breakfast bowl on what you might have said or what someone had said to you earlier. The right idea here is to drive forward and ahead. And look at the past as though we're seeing it in a rearview mirror momentarily and occasionally walking back something you might have said and adjusting as you need in order to continue to go forward. By keeping in the present, you'll be surprised at how much you learn to grow and become complete. By, com- by keeping in the present, you will adopt good habits and choosing daily to seek what the Lord wants you to steer towards for that day invariably recognizing his peace and guidance and grace. So stay steadfast, my friend, and you will pull on through. Thank you.
3: I to do some contemplation in the last little while because somebody was talking about giving a group of people a piece of their mind because their behavior wasn't consistent with what we would call good behaviors. So I was trying to ponder what, how we should truly respond to people who haven't figured it out. And as I contemplated and I looked, the biggest and strongest point was my salvation wasn't because I changed behaviors, it was because I came to faith in Christ. It's not their behaviors that's the problem. If they don't know Christ and that he is creator of all things and that he is Lord, then Their behavior is not the point, and the only message we have for them is come to faith in Christ because he's the one who transforms and saves us and brings us out of our darkness. Please don't condemn people. The only thing we have to offer is Christ and his salvation.
0: The Lord. Well, Mary's coming up. Come on up, Mary. Good to see you. We miss you. Qu- Welcome back. Steady as she goes.
4: That's yep. old age, isn't it?
0: That's all right. But
4: I want to thank, I come up here just to, for one big thing to thank each one of you who have been so faithful to pray for me with all the time I was needing help. And I knew I I could feel that I wasn't the only one that was crying unto God for me. It was my people, my precious family of God, this church. And I thank you all so much for praying for me. Because I needed him so much at times that I was ready to give up. But he kept on telling me, Don't give up. I'm in control. Just keep on fine. And I thank God for something that he's doing something for my life. And I can't, it's just amazing. I sit there and I am reading my book. Bible and my reading my books, and I could feel God's blessing upon me because I could still do those things. Mm-hmm. 90 years of age, and God has still got me going. Mm-hmm. I puzzle and I'm puzzled all the time, and I just read a piece up in the paper where. Puzzling is something that stimulates the, bo- the brain and it feeds the brain. And so I thank God every time I sit there and I'm puzzling and puzzling. And I could just know that God was there with me and I'm opening my mind. I do words, a search in, in the, my notepad, I play those word games and i can still go and remember the words the, pr- mm-hmm. the adding i can just it's just amazing i just said, sometimes i just feel this such an amazing surge go through my mm-hmm. body and knowing it is god that's mm-hmm. keeping my brain going and giving me such a wonderful a guiding light I may be putting wrong but it's been just so oh it's just amazing it's so uplifting to know that God could love someone in age and such and he's right there all the time I forget sometimes that God is there and I just keep on Brenda says to me mom don't you keep believing in the Lord, don't give up, just don't give up, because he's there, and he's looking after and He's and she says, the church is praying for you, and that was the thing that really touched me, to know that I'm not alone, that each one of you wonderful people are doing just that, you're praying for me, lifting me up, and keeping me going. And, uh, thank thank you,
3: you
0: very much. Good. <laughs> okay, guys. <clears throat> so for those who haven't met them before, you might recognize Alan. <clears throat> hey,
3: so I'm Alan. Okay.
0: You can right. take this mic and then okay, Jake well, can take the other one. Um,
3: Okay. <laughs> yeah, me first, I guess. <laughs> okay, good. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm Alan, and this is Jay, my wife. Um, some of you might know that about a year ago, I was I used to come here, and, uh, and I had to go back to Southeast Asia, Thailand, to go pick up my beloved wife. <laughs> and uh, now we're finally back, because I was here... Yeah, thank you. (laughs) And I want to thank everybody that was praying for us, you know, to be together again. And thank you very much, and God bless you. So, you want to say something?
2: Good morning. I'm Jace. I'm so excited, but um, I want to thank God. But sorry for my English it's not that good. But I I really want to I really want to thank God about everything um, that He make us to live together again. And I want to thank you to you all to to pray for pray for pray for us. And <laughs> okay, thank thank you so much. So <clears throat>
0: Jay and Alan have been together for ten years, and then he came here, and she was trying to get here from Thailand during COVID, and they were separated for two years. So it's no small deal to be back together, yeah. and uh, we're so thankful that the Lord worked that out. <clears throat> and it's this is the delight. I'm so glad you got to to come and say hello. We've we've uh we've had FaceTime with with Jay before, but it's so great to meet her in person. <laughs> right on. Anyone else? Well, I have a <clears throat> a PowerPoint this morning. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, um, you know, we're such a spirit church. Um is our power powerpoints very spiritual. <laughs> But, you know, God is, um, the word is amazing. And so I think um, in the kingdom, the spirit and the word are like the two wings of a plane. We need the spirit. Um, Somebody said, if I get this right, um, without without the spirit, we'll dry up. Without the word, we'll blow up. But together we'll grow up. And so um, I'm, I'm never going to apologize for teaching out of the word. So this morning I, I felt like the Lord wanted us to um, to look at a few things that he says. Are we loaded up there? Just so you know that behind is different than up there. Oh, thank you for that. All right, so I was clicking away there. All right, there we go. Because I got, I got, I've only got an eagle up there, so I'll have to look up, look up here. Thank you, AJ, for pointing that out. <laughs> okay, so um, it's it's good to have things reinforced. So um, we've been talking for a while about fish. It's at the back. It's a discipleship model, and it's based on Romans five through eight. And the fact that <clears throat> that um, pastors in America and in Canada—it's the same uh, were are finding that they were not having growing disciples who matured and who lasted and who hung in there in the kingdom. And so, can you say it with me? Uh, what the what the acronym stands for? Do you remember? F is for freedom. We are growing and learning our full freedom in Christ. I is for identity. Lorraine's been listening. She's got it in front of her. She can also see the next slide. (coughs) Cheating, Lorraine. Uh, S, for the spirit, we're learning to walk and keep in step with the spirit. Notice I preface each of these with learning. None of us is there, okay? And the H? Okay, so there it is. Freedom, identity, spirit, and heart-focused community. So none of us has arrived, and that's, uh, I think, if anything, w- we want to understand that God works with us where we are. He's big into process. In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth, and he co- He made some trees and some flowers, and he gave them seeds so that it would replicate, that it would continue after its kind. And he made man, and then He he made a woman from the man, and then he expected that they would reproduce, right? Keep going. Uh, so just some, some small interesting things. I just, I just was marveling at the handprint of God in the earth. And, um, and again, as, as, as there's so many negative things that we could focus on in the earth, there are things to be seen that witness to the reality of who God is in the earth. Does anybody have want <clears throat> to venture a guess as to what God's favorite number might be? Okay, three. Why, why, Lorraine? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And again, she has slides in front of her. So <clears throat> I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing uh, one of God's favorite numbers has got to be three. And um, as I was thinking about this, because we're going to talk about three kinds of man and in, uh, in the scriptures so people identify with lots of things in this world. But God talks, the Bible talks about three kinds of man. So we're going to talk about three. But I, I just want you to think about three tattooed all over the world. Uh, creation. When God made the world, these are what it's made out of. The land, the sea, and the air. And they made creatures for each of those places, right? Triune atmosphere. Time. Past, present, and future. It's interesting, isn't it? How so much of our life is stamped by threes. Everything has a beginning and a middle and an end. So I've given you some. Anybody else think of some, some threes that you know of? Me, myself, and I. Lorraine says, "Good one. <laughs> that's a that's a challenging uh, triad. That one is me, myself, and I. Birth, life, and death. Primary colors. Out of three colors, you can make the spectrum of all the colors in the universe. It's kind of stunning, isn't it? When you think about it, like this is just touching the tip of the iceberg. But God's handprint." that three in the in the Trinity in the Triune God is all over pretty important virtues faith hope and love Ephemov's uh, trimers I bet uh, probably my husband knows about this got one morning day, night. morning day night amen yeah yeah he's it's stamped all over the world so. Um, if you're a physicist, you might have heard of this before. If not, maybe not. Um, but there was a, a Russian physicist 40 years ago who, who posited that all matter was made of three particles, which were like nesting dolls. Very Russian, mind you, right? Nesting dolls. And they, could, they were um, able to, to basically transform, but that all matter was made of three particles. And so, uh, of course, people kind of poo-pooed it, but everyone who went after it found out that it, it was holding water. So I haven't, haven't heard much more about it since, but I wouldn't be surprised, because science and math are always catching up with God, right? <laughs> and importantly, body, soul, and spirit. So in the beginning, God made man in his image. Male and female, he made them in his image. And he made them with a body, a soul, and a spirit and um, multiple times, I think of first, first Thessalonians, it talks about, may you be blessed, body, soul, and spirit. So sometimes soul and spirit kind of get lumped together. And especially in the Psalms, we talk about, oh, oh, my soul, crying out. But there is this triune nature to mankind, which is unique in creation. He made us in his image. So if we were trying to sort of say, well, if father son and holy spirit corresponded to body soul and spirit could you kind of match them up start with the spirit that's the easy one so the spirit would be a spirit the spirit who would be the body christ christ was the lamb of god slain before the foundation of the world he dwelt with the father lord show them that we are one, as I was one with you in the beginning, but then God made him a body, and he was born into time. So he's the body, now we are the body. And then, so who would be the soul? The father. So again, this is just to wrap your brain around. I wanted to say that because sometimes the soul gets a bad rap. Sometimes we feel like we're fighting against our soul, like soul and spirit are battling together. Hebrews 4.12, you know, the word of God discerns even to the dividing of soul and spirit. But oftentimes, soul has been defined as three things. Do you remember? Have you heard this? Looking at you, Lorraine. Mind, will, and emotions. Heard that? Okay so if your soul is your mind, your will and your emotions and it's interesting because I've often said when we're walking in our flesh in our soul and not by the spirit we say we tend to say these things I think that would be your mind I feel that would be your emotions And I want. That would be your will. Interesting, huh? So, is the soul a bad guy? No. Actually, that's the part that looks like the Father. That's an amazing part of us, is the soul. That's all of your emotions, who you are. Jesus wept. He he wasn't void of emotions. But here's where... We need to understand, and I know this is kind of basics, but when we understand that we're this triune God and that our soul needs to be in submission to God. When Jesus talked about in the Scripture, you will never hear Jesus say, My will, except in the context of it being the Father's will. Not my will, but yours, Father, be done. So when our will and our emotions and our thoughts are subject to the fathers, because the scripture says we have the mind of Christ, there's our thoughts, and renewing our mind, then we can have a soul that is full, and our soul is redeemed, and we have the spirit of God living in us if we're born again. Does that make sense? so mind will and emotions you learn anything dave yeah you look a little i've you too if you to well it's 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 my turn right now yeah thanks so three kinds of men according to the bible it's interesting that um, god talks about one race can you guess what it is the human race <laughs> so we talk about political boundaries and ethnic boundaries and gender boundaries and um, all sorts of things that divide us but God looks at mankind as mankind and that's mankind and, and womankind if you want to be specific mankind includes men and women but God sees man as the human race made in his image but fallen And so there are ethnos is a Greek word that means that we have these tribes and ethnic groups. But God is looking at, as he always does, on the heart. So we are divided by the state of our heart and our spirit. And that's how God sees it. And it's it's important to know for some reasons. (laughs) One is because we interact with a world that is going to be in one state and then we might have people in the church who are in all three states. And so it's good for us to know not just so we <clears throat> that we recognize in someone else but first of all that we recognize in ourselves, right? Because the Bible says to take the, the the log out of our eye before we try to take the speck out of someone else's eye, right? So these are not meant as a <clears throat> as a sort of criterion but that we can understand What's going on? Because the enemy, the Holy Spirit is involved in each of these categories, but so is the enemy. So the first one is, is the natural man. The natural man is the state of everyone born into the world. You're born as a natural man, born, um, born dead in your spirit and alive in your body. Hey, Fred, come on in. The second state of, of mankind is a spiritual man, And the third state is a carnal man. And you may or may not have heard those terms. It doesn't mean that the natural man isn't spiritual the way we use the term now. Because if he wasn't spiritual, if he didn't have a capacity to hear in the spirit, he would never become a spiritual man, a born-again man. So a natural man is, as Romans 1 says, an unbeliever. And the the state of an unbeliever... Is that he's dominated by self and his flesh. He sees God's ways as foolish. And he's spiritually dead. Ephesians 2, 5. Because he was born into sin. And you can and you know you can say, Well, that's not fair. Adam did that and I didn't, but we all did, right? We all sin every day, whether in our in deeds or in, in thoughts. And it says that, uh, in Second Corinthians, Paul says that the, sp- the prince of this world, Satan, has blinded the natural man. And when you look at some of the things that are going on in our world right now, and you kind of wonder, how can people do this? The one, that, you know, the one that comes to my mind is the fella in a coffee shop in Vancouver. having uh, It was on spring break, and he was having a coffee and had his little, I think, seven-year-old daughter out with him and somebody nearby was vaping, and he asked the guy not to vape him, vape near his little girl, and the guy stabbed him to death. And that might be bad, but the people nearby videotaped it and didn't help him. Okay, so there's nothing new under the sun, but we should be horrified. We should be horrified. That, that, that our society, so this is just down the road, society is becoming so hard. But it also says to us that the enemy is working very hard because he knows his time is short. And he has blinded people, and he has hardened their heart. We were on the our, um, online Bible study this week in Maryland, who used to live here, who's in Winnipeg. And she was praying for somebody. And she said, I, I don't know how to pray. And so we just we came to this place in the, in Colossians, and it says, Paul, Paul says, Pray for me that a door of for the word will be opened. And we started to look up all the places where Paul said, Pray for a door to be opened. And it's usually a door of opportunity. It's a door for the word and it's a door of faith. So I just want to say we need to understand. What we're dealing with, that it's powers and principalities that are blinding people and making them the way they are so that we don't begin to hate people because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They've been blinded by the God of this world. They will be held responsible for what they do with Jesus and what they do with their lives, and so that's why we evangelize. That's why we want to speak the word and speak truth and pray that their eyes will be opened. And they are enslaved to sin. And even when they want to change outside of Christ, no one has the power to change. So as as we go through each sort of state of being of mankind, what became very apparent to me is, oh, Holy Spirit, do we ever need you? Do we ever need you? The spiritual man. The spiritual man is born again. He's born from the above. If you recount the um, the exchange between Jesus and a religious leader called Nicodemus, and Jesus is like, "You're a religious leader in Israel of the people of God. You should kind of get these things," but they didn't. They didn't understand where God was going with with the revelation of needing the Messiah that would come and change our hearts like John was just saying. So Jesus says, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, I'm a little too large to get back in there. And, and Jesus says, no. Are you a leader in Israel and yet you don't understand these things? How are you going to understand the things of heaven if you don't understand the things of earth? And I'm sure he didn't yell it. But I, sometimes I just feel like, is Some of the very basic things that God wants us to understand are presented in the natural. And it's an invitation to understand the spiritual. And that's going to happen more and more and more. Because it's not about us. It's about who he is and what he's doing and the power that is in the word and by his spirit. And so he says to Nicodemus, he says, you got to get this. you got to understand what this, the plan has always been is that you need to be born again in your spirit. If you're born twice, you'll die once. If you're only born once, you'll die twice. Because your spirit will live on forever. And your, your soul goes, you will go to hell. And it's not a happy place. The spiritual man, the old has gone. 2 Corinthians 2.17, behold, the old has gone and new has come. And not everybody likes to hear about hell. But it's a reality. Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. And we, if we don't have hell in front of us, we will not have compassion on those who are headed there. Old is gone, new has come. The spiritual man has the mind of Christ. This is good news. It's called the good news, right? It's called the good news. And the spiritual man is learning to walk in Christ, and that's part of, it comes out of our identity. And if we know who we are and whose we are, and like John was saying, it's really nothing of ourselves. We were all sinners before God. All we did was believe. Galatians says to a new church, which is mainly Jewish, don't think you're going to get this by following the rules or going back to being circumcised to be righteous. We're going to see a whole... Truckload of people coming in shortly, which I think is going to happen with a revival. Then we need to understand where people are and where God is taking them, and it's going to take time. It's a process. The Jesus Revolution movie—they they kind of touched on a few of the issues that would have been there. Excuse me. I know people who went through that time. Um, Heather's dad was in ministry, and she said it was incredible what God was doing, but it was a process. And her dad had two daughters, Heather and her sister, and not everybody was safe to be around you know, at that time because they'd come from a very different lifestyle, high promiscuity, drug use, and things. Not everything changed overnight. And so as we welcome in a whole bunch of new people who are new to the kingdom, they're going to have culture shock. And we need to be able to welcome them you who are mature, you who are mature. And so that's really what we're talking about is God is calling us to maturity. God is calling us to maturity so that we can be mothers and fathers in a kingdom of a generation who hasn't been parented. The biggest need in the world today, besides some really good political statesmen, is fathers. And that's really what a political statement is. A father for the nation. Every nation in the, in the world needs dads. You know, we sang that Abba Father this morning. We need dads. This country needs dads. And we are the dads. It doesn't matter. Again, it's not about in the natural. If you never had your own kids, we are going to be parenting more and more spiritual children. And we're going to talk about... That you can be old in the natural and still be an infant in the spirit, right? And God wants us to be homogenous. He wants us to be the same. He doesn't want us to be babies. Paul talks about coming to the church and saying, I wish I could feed you meat, but you're still babies. You need milk. And he wanted them to grow up. And I think that's the call on the church worldwide right now. Is to grow grow up into the full stature of Christ. In Colossians, Paul says, he says, my goal is to present every man complete in Christ, mature. So it's not going to look the same in every person because God made us different. He loves variety. It takes all of the different people in the world to express the manifold wisdom of God, but He wants us sanctified. And following him and walking, body, soul, and spirit yielded to him. So we're learning to walk in Christ. The carnal man is an interesting mix. carnal man, I think, is the, is the guy in the parable of the types of soil, that there was a rocky soil, and the, the rocky soil received this good seed, and the, it grew up quickly, but then it was choked out by weeds. And so the carnal man is born again. If you, all of the times when Paul is addressing people who are in process in the church and saying, choose this way, not that way. This is your old life. Here's a list of things that don't belong to you anymore. Remember those? Galatians, Colossians, all those letters. He's addressing things to teach them how to walk in holiness and righteousness in ways that are worthy. He says, walk worthy of your new calling. It's really interesting. This week I was um I was uh had this verse in my head. I thought it was a proverb and it was um it was how can two walk together except they agree? And it's not from Proverbs, it's from Amos. And if you haven't read Amos or you haven't read it for a while, I encourage you to read it. It's the Lord speaking actually. I'll just, look for it because I may not get it right it's the Lord speaking and it's um, he's speaking to Israel Amos Micah oh I lost Amos Jonah Micah Nahum. there he is It says, hear the word of the Lord spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the whole family I brought up out of Egypt, which is the image of salvation for us all. You only have I chosen of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your sins. And then he says, do to walk together unless they have agreed to do so. And what he's saying is, I could have chosen anybody, but I chose Abraham, and I chose Israel, and I chose you, and I'm in covenant with you, and I've done everything for you, and, and the whole idea is to get back to the garden of walking and talking with the Lord in peace and harmony, and to, that would be the kingdom that he designed. And so I was so shocked when I, 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 I read this verse. And I'm like, God, this is you saying, can people walk together if they don't walk with you? And I just had never seen it in its context. And I was like, God, that's what walking in the spirit is. That's what walking in the spirit is. Walking in the spirit is listening to the father and walking with him. So the colonel man believed and was born again but he is submitting to the flesh. And uh, the scriptures are worth reading in context. I don't know. I don't see, I don't see many people taking notes, but if you take notes, um, it's it's worth reading in the context, in the larger context. So even though they've been born again, they're walking like an, a natural man. They're not in step with the spirit, and they're, they're struggling with sin. So let me just read you uh, Romans 7. This is actually where we are on our Wednesday night.
2: Seven,
0: 7, 5, and 6. For when we were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law, were at work in our bodies so that we bore fruit for death. That, that's what the natural man does. That's all he can do. But now, by dying... To what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so we serve in the new way of the Spirit, not in the old way of the written code. Um, So that whole treatise of Romans talks about the relationship between law and sin, but that we are made new and there's no condemnation, but that we have the Spirit of God so that we can walk by the Spirit of God. Um, So in the end... It's, it's about maturing in Christ and that God wants us to be um, adult and that we can, when we, in the natural, um, tell me about an infant in the natural. What's an infant like in the natural? He needs to be taken care of. Are babies a lot of work? Babies are so wonderful. If you have a baby in the house, it's very entertaining, but babies are a lot of work. There's a reason to have babies while you're young, by the way, in the natural. (laughs) Because the grandparents just go, here, take him back. (laughs) We're tired. So in the natural, let me go back to those. In the natural, um, babies can't take care of themselves, and they need a lot of attention. Everyone serves them. And what they want, they want it now. <laughs> and so, um, and again, this is this is for introspection. This is for this is for self inspection, not other inspection. So, in the places where we need to grow up, we will. It will be indicated by fits of anger, frustration, um, places where we just feel really. Uh, neglected or overlooked. And God is challenging us not to be babies anymore because it just is in the natural. In the spirit, we need to grow up. How about children? Not quite so needy. Learning. Yeah, um, I actually had a dream during COVID about Jeff Kuhn handing me a newborn baby. I've said this one before and the baby spoke in full sentences. I think the people who are going to come into the kingdom in this time are going to, are going to mature really rapidly. And, but they're still, they're still children, and they're still in process. So kids are learning to take care of themselves. They're still pretty mainly self-focused. If you find a, an other-focused child, that's very exceptional, right? Is that they're actually, like, considering what mom might be going through or <laughs> what someone else is going through. They're learning to regulate their emotions. This is a big one. This is a big one. I think a lot of us have places where we haven't uh, learned to regulate emotions. And God is housekeeping on that. And uh, none of us are exempt. So take it before the Lord. Because none of what was begun in us by the Spirit will be carried on by our own efforts. We just... We just say yes to what he wants to do. And where we have places where we have not grown up, it's because we did like a child and we put our foot down and said, ain't growing up. <laughs> we didn't do it consciously probably. But there's places where, where God is after more. So adults, not all adults, but this is, again, this is, the, this is the pattern, right? This is the ideal. So adults are fully able to take care of themselves and see the needs of others that's the that's the ideal they're emotionally stable they navigate relationships well let's go back so more and more we're going to see that society is not adult <laughs> even the adults are not adult and and in the church in the body of Christ we are going to be able to help people grow and I'll, and we're, you know you're gonna guess how that is. It's, it's things you know. It's through the Word of God, because I I find a lot of people listen to podcasts, they listen to sermons, they'll read books. What about uh, what other people have said about the Christian life? But they're not in the Word of God firsthand. We need to be in the Word of God. We need to be in the Word of God. That's how the Holy Spirit does heart surgery on us. Is us meeting. holy spirit in the word of god parents in the natural if you're blessed with children uh then you're you're going to be able to put other members of the family ahead of yourself and serve them it's a big step when you become a parent because you yep see dave bless you when you uh your baby wakes up in the middle of night, or your child's sick, or someone's vomiting all over the floor. Or there's, there's just messes. It doesn't end when they get out of the child stage, right? We, we parent for a long, long time. But the, the goal is that we can serve. And we're training the next generation to be emotionally stable and navigate relationships well. Uh, oftentimes, people have not come from functional families. I mean, you could probably name on maximum both your hands the number of functional families you know. Thank God there are some, but a lot of people have um, dysfunction and which causes them to bring that into, into the family of God. And so we get to love each other. <laughs> we get to love each other and walk through with each other and uh, and learn to navigate these things. So it's interesting that if you had your children early, you could be a, a grandparent by 40, 45, 50 Uh, maybe a little older older depending when you start. But isn't it interesting that God has designed that if you live to be an older person, you could be an elder half of your life. If your kids are out of the house by the time you're 40, then by the time you're 80, you will have been an elder half of your life. That's significant. It says something about what God wants to build in the church and in society. And we need elders. I remember Mary thinking at one point, oh, no, I'm set aside. And remember, God showed you you're not set aside. We need the elders. We need people who have navigated life's difficulties and know how to get through and who pray because they have time. They have, uh, they're able to help guide with wisdom and experience and train the next generation to be emotionally stable and navigate relationships well. And you're like, how come you keep talking about emotional stability? So a lot of people would equate emotional stability and spiritual maturity. They go together because if you look at the list of the fruit of the Spirit, they're all relational. They're relational. It's easier to believe you're a really solid Christian when you're on your own. But as soon as we put ourselves in a relationship with someone else, we're like, oh, I can't believe he said that, she said that, he did that, she did that. Suddenly it goes all askew, and we're like, oh, maybe we're not as, as, uh, as solid as we thought. And that God uses the body so that we can get the rough, rough edges uh, bumped off. And we have time available to invest in younger people. So how do we do it? Paul's really good at, um, in all of his letters giving us a bunch of theology and, and identifying who we are in Christ and who Christ is for us, who the Father is for us, and then giving some really clear instructions of, of what to do. Because it doesn't happen without effort. As much as it's in the Spirit, by the Spirit, through the Spirit, we have to cooperate, and it does take cooperation on our part. It's not a, it's not a passive thing. If it was passive, the whole church would look like an army. I don't know about you, but I'm guessing the whole church doesn't look like an army yet. When we keep saying yes to God and participating actively and seeking first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, the church is going to be so magnificent. This is a time for the church to be magnificent. The head is magnificent, and he will have a body that is magnificent. We're such an invitation to press in, church. It's such an invitation to throw off, put off, put off the old, you know, because the enemy isn't going to give up on us just because we became Christians, right? We all know that. Put off the old, put on the new, and avail ourselves of what he's done for us. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I'm just going to read that one in Colossians 3. Girls eat popcorn. Bruce likes that one. The epistles. Colossians 3, 15 to 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in deed or word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Peace, thanksgiving, unity, oneness. I'm not going to use the word unity anymore. (laughs) Oneness and unity are not the same thing. Oneness is so greater. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach, admonish. Admonish has a flavor of correction. It's interesting that they're admonishing with wisdom and singing songs. So it's worth thinking about. And again, gratitude in your hearts towards God. And whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through him. So renew your mind. Be in the Word. Worship in the beauty of holiness. Psalm ninety-six nine. In um, this morning, and when we are in the presence of the Lord, um, it's just like a reset button, right? It cleanses us. It refreshes us. It reminds us who He is. It reminds us what peace looks and feels like. Uh, if you think I'm ignoring Dave and being hard on him, I. I few of us spend quite a bit of time talking to Dave, so (laughs) it's not the time. Be in fellowship. Don't neglect meeting together. We need one another. We need one another. We need one another's um, exhortation. We need one another's prayers, as Mary just testified to. We need the fellowship. We need the laughter. We need the connection. We need the encouragement. We need one another and that its time is rapidly coming on when we'll need one another more. Pray in the Spirit. Paul says, pray in the Spirit at all times. I love this in Romans 8 because it says, in our weakness, the Spirit helps us when we do not know how to pray. I think that's the heart of God in all of these things is, we don't know the way, Thomas, right? We don't know the way, Lord, and Jesus is like, yes, you do, Thomas, because you know me. That's the way. So in all of these things, in our weakness, he has what we need. And to have an attitude like Christ's, which in Philippians 2 says, though he was God, though he was God, he humbled himself and became a man and died a death on a cross, which is unthinkable. I mean, you can't imagine anyone who is in any kind of high position, you know, King of England. President of the United States, you can't imagine them coming and saying you're worth so much to me, I will die in your place. Not that it it would make any difference, but the king of heaven coming and dying in my place to bring me into his family, that I could represent him on earth and that we could carry the beauty of the Lord and his holiness and be a fragrance in the earth And salt and light. It's an incredible privilege. Um, Incredible privilege always comes with incredible responsibility. But really ours is to yield to him. To say yes. And to learn to walk in the spirit. Let's just close in prayer. Father, your word is true. Sometimes it's sobering. um, But that's because literally this is a life and death matter. And we have life. And we so long to be able to give it to others. Lord, to hold out the invitation to the banqueting table and say, there is a place for you. It, the table is set, and you just need to believe and pull up the, a seat and trust that someone who loves you more than you can imagine and was willing to pay such a great price actually knows what he's doing, and you can trust him. And so, Father, I pray that your witness in the world will open a door of faith in hearts. And even as people question what's going on, um, as they listen to the news, that a door of faith would be opened in their hearts, and that you would give us boldness by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk into opportunities to speak the word in love, to serve people, to do the things that, uh, that parents do, Lord, self-sacrificing. That we would do the things that show there's a god in the earth who loves them and is reaching out to them god we i bless you for this fellowship i bless you for these saints and and the saints um, that aren't here today lord and for everyone that names the name of the lord jesus and we pray god that we would all submit to you in our hearts and follow hard after you lord we we talked about a passion for christ and his kingdom that's what our church says in the newspaper, a passion for Christ and his kingdom. Lord, let that vision, that, that mission, Father, carry down into everything we say and do, that we would do it as unto the Lord, unto you, and not unto men. Make yourself famous, Lord, in the earth, we pray. And we bless you. We will bless particularly um, moms today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.